Hey family, welcome back. Before we get started, I want to thank our friends at the Center for Self-Improvement, Holistic Wellness and Transformation. Let's hear what they have to offer. The Center for Self-Improvement, Holistic Wellness and Transformation is your one-stop shop to Wellville. Here at the Center, we believe in treating the whole person. This is why our goal is to help each of our clients to obtain optimal health and wellness through mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional alignment. For more information about the services that we provide, visit us at thecenterforselfimprovement.com or give us a call at 630-748-4849. The Center, where we believe in treating the whole you. So here's my confession. I was so nervous that my first event was going to flop that I was stressed most of the first quarter. However, on Saturday, April 13th, the Melanated Queen Awards happened, and it was phenomenal. I had the privilege of sharing the stage with my former supervisor, current mentor, and big sister, Dr. Sean Elgovan. Dr. Sean and I go back 11 years, and it was such a privilege to have her as the official MC of the event. On today's show, Dr. Sean and I reflected on the Melanie Queen Awards, its impact on us as black women, and what we learned from watching the magic that took place in that room. Dr. Sean also shared some of her latest endeavors, and I'm so excited to see what she has in store for us in the near future. Let's listen. Hey, Queen, how are you? I am good, Dr. Lauren. How are you? I am still on a high from this past weekend, so I'm ex- I'm so excited. To as talk. well you should be, as well you should be. Yes. Thank you for joining me Saturday. You were our official MC for the Melanated Queen Awards. No problem. You're more than welcome. But happy to do it. Absolutely. But we, our relationship did not start this past weekend. I've known you for over a decade now. And for Has it listen- been that long? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been 11 years. It was 2008. I 2008. Was- yeah. Yeah. You're a 25 year old academic advisor that you, uh, you supervise directly. And uh, you have watched me evolve. I watched you evolve. And I thank you for coming back into my current life and supporting my new endeavors. And it is uh, an honor and a privilege and a a pleasure to be here and I thank you to know that um, whatever seed or positive effect I could have had on your life I have lived to see your, those seeds come into bloom and how you have and continue to deposit into the lives of other women particularly African American women I could not be more proud well, thank you. Well, you absolutely planted those seeds. You are part of it. People, for those of you who obviously could not be there because you're in different parts of the country, and we even have some listeners in other countries, um, Dr. Sean had a moment to introduce herself and her and, and some of her endeavors, as well as a relationship that we've developed over the years. But for those who were not there, can you share with the audience who you are, what you do? Sure. Um, my name is Dr. Sean L. Govan. I... Um, am a veteran higher ed professional um, working with low-income first-generation disabled students veterans um, any area with regard to student affairs with the the exception of athletics uh, financial aid and a direct connect in an org chart and child care have 
all been under my purview. I've been on both sides of the house, both academic and student affairs. Um, I'm big on community advocacy, community outreach, and um, just enjoy helping specifically women who want to go ahead and earn a terminal degree, who are committed to making a difference in our community, who are willing to fight against that crab and a barrel mentality and stereotype that people um, want to kind of typecast us as being because that's not our sisterhood, that's not our village, that's not what we teach, and that's not how we evolve. Um, just committed to making a difference, a positive difference in the lives of people, particularly women and children, as uh, God would see fit. And I thank him every day for the opportunity to do so. So what have you seen over the years, Dr. Sean? I know that you have served in different capacities. You've worked in the high school. You've worked in a college setting. You worked for a university. You worked for several universities. You've worked for a community college. I always tell people that the experience that we had working together was interesting because you, we were in a place where literally people could be across the street at the McDonald's and decide they want to go to college and walk across the street and had the ability to go to college. Have you seen a shift in the years over, you know, the way people view education and post-secondary education or even career opportunities in your 20 years of experience, 20 plus years of experience? Well, actually over 25 without telling my age, but we can always tell people I started when I was 16, right? Wink, right. Wink. That's right. <laughs> um, I've seen several shifts in several uh, ways in higher education. Um, I graduated high school at 16 and started off at an HBCU, Clark Atlanta. It was Clark College at the time. Um, I was, again, very young and very far away from home and didn't have any family. Sight unseen, I went to Western Illinois University because my best friend was going there. I'd only looked at HBCUs. Uh, first and foremost, let me backtrack and say that I am first generation educated. Very, very proud. My parents were part of the great migration from Mississippi during the 50s. So there were two things that were drilled in our heads, faith in God and achieving an education. I mean, going to college, getting a degree, that was what this life was all about because education was viewed as a key to open many, many, many doors of opportunity. So with that, um, having attended an HBCU, graduated from a predominantly white institution, doing internships at uh, another HBCU, Asher Chicago State University, and also still receiving fellowships from predominantly white um, institutions or the state of Illinois or whatever, I've run the gamut. I've been in um, Catholic institutions. I've been in state institutions. I've been in colleges and universities. I've been in community colleges. And again, there has been a complete shift. As I was having a conversation with uh, one of my colleagues, which is really piggybacking on one of the chapters in your book, do I really want to send my child to college? That opportunity with the Googles and the, uh, the, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world and, and, and all of these other Instagram millions, and I'm not here for the fame or the fortune or to sell the money, nor am I here to say 
don't get an education. I will always be pro-education because it worked for me. However, even attending a state institution, not even one of the flagships, our children are coming out loan indebted to the tune of one hundred to one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in debt. Student mm-hmm. loan. So when you are, what's the average age? What's 22, 23? You graduating from college and you are already in debt to $125,000? Where's your house? Right. Where's your car? You know, when is that, you know, what the community college did teach me, that, that epiphany where many of our students were across the street when we worked together at the community college one, and they, you know, would get a meal number six at McDonald's and over a filet of fish and fries, say, you know what, I think I want to go back to school and come back and do HVAC and do automotive or say, you know what, I'm going to do the associate degree in nursing. These are people who have long since, because of their very lucrative income and stable careers, have been able to provide comfortable lifestyles for themselves, their families and not be loan indebted with uh, respect or let's let's shine that light against the liberal arts psychology major from a a liberal arts private institution that will owe Mm $200,000. So you got the plumber who could make a hundred to $200,000 a year and, and have his student loans or whatever paid off in two, three years comfortably Versus the psychology major, who's the barista at Starbucks. Now, I am not knocking Starbucks, but this is where we are. And to make it more personal, I have one child who is a junior, finishing up her junior year in college, and I have a graduating senior. And I am looking along with that at a state school, and we are looking at a private liberal arts school in the state of Illinois. And that tuition is $50,000 a year. And I am not committed to making that sacrifice for him to be a young black man in America, loan indebted, $200,000 a year, even if I absorb half the cost. Wow. So those are some of the ebbs and flows, if you will, that I've seen in education. That's some, you know, and again, I forget which chapter it is in your book. Uh, but you you address this with your own son, who's eight, nine. Thomas is correct. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's nine years old. So how 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 realistic is this for me, for Zachary, at eighteen? Right. Is this what I want for my son four years from now? Correct. I mean, and and that is a rhetorical question, but you would think, you know, as the experts in this field we will be able to to answer this. But education for African-Americans in America, middle class, lower middle class, and poor without question, and I'm going by poor EFC, it's, it's not as black and white as it once was. It's not. There's some harsh realities that we have to face in terms of interest rates being loan indebted forever and ever and ever. And is this the life? Because the uh, baccalaureate degree doesn't promise the promised land that it did, I think, for definitely my generation. And I think it kind of ended with yours. 
Yeah, I was on the heels of it because at, as I transitioned out of college, just a few years later is when the country experienced that house, the housing crisis. And that's when, you know, families were being laid off. That's when you start seeing these new, this plethora of young CEOs coming up, people trying to find a hustle because they, they were very much discouraged by the, the dream that their parents had. To, to, to retire, like my parents did, spend 30 years on the job, retire with a good pension, travel until they're buried. And now they, they, they know that's no longer an option for them. And so they became very discouraged. And that's why we see, so what I call them little CEOs walking around, everybody's doing something. And, and, and mm-hmm. they all have debt along with it, you know, so they're, they're now desperate. So that, that's part of the transition that I've seen, even since you and I work together. Yeah, it, it's, it's very different now. And you know what? It's very different. Um, I, I call it the other side of the desk syndrome. And you have to work with me. You know that I came in, in to contact with thousands of people mm-hmm. over just the years of you and I working together. It's different when you sit on the other side of the desk. It's true. different when you're doing faster, not just because of a need that you identify that you know the government government will not agree. You know how three people are supposed to live on twenty two thousand dollars, and that would identify whether or not you qualify for anything. I would not know where are you living in a mud hut somewhere. I mean, because clearly not with uh, a roof and lights and 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 gas and all that other stuff in the Chicagoland area. But that's that's another story for another time. Going through this process myself as a mom with my daughter in 2016 was probably one of the most educational experiences I could have ever had because what it showed me, and I thought I learned this in my years of trio, working with first-generation parents, like, oh, I'm first-generation, you know, ooh, you know, I got my fist in the air, I understand. This had to be what it was like for my mom and dad. Well, no, I had very well-educated brothers and sisters who were significantly older than me. When I became the mama on the other side of the desk and not in the role of Dean, and I couldn't say, excuse me, go get your boss's boss's boss, and that that's who I talked to? No, I was just parent of so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And then you're introducing FERPA. I couldn't even talk on behalf of my children because they had the sign purple form. You know, it's different when it's yours. This is stuff that you and I know we practice every single day. Mm-hmm. But in order to just send Zachary's transcripts away, I had to use my own visa for him to send his high school records to colleges and universities because he was 18 at the time. That right there was an aha moment. So stuff is very, very different. Yeah, it is. And this is why, you know, I felt like this work was so important and having those very, you know, honest conversations and being very transparent in that book because I knew that, you know, I have seen a couple of things. Since leaving higher education, I've worked in the community. And that was a true eye-opener for me because now I'm seeing, you know, the faces and the... uh, the lives of, of those who had not crossed the threshold to college. You know, when we, when they worked, when they walked through those doors, especially at community college, that's the, that, that's the, the brave part. That's the courageous part. But I was more concerned with people who, who had not had that opportunity. And so really working in the community, I definitely saw the difference. 
I saw truly the have and have nots. And it made me look at things a little different though. So, but of course, having that experience working with you and knowing um, what the opportunities were like out there, especially as it relates to industrial trades versus those traditional tracks, you know, it really made me think. And, and of course, as now is just a parent, not just as a practitioner and not someone just, just working like you said on the other side of the desk, I could think about my son's future. And I really will hope that he will make some better decisions than even I did. And I'm considered a success story. But, you know, that there's mm-hmm. some things I could have done different. And if I can avoid that for him, I certainly will. So now. When you first, first mentioned that chapter before we transition. Mm-hmm. Laura Howard, you you know half of the stuff, and for for those listening, I mean our our relationship is not surface. So if this sounds so very conversational, that's because it is. It right. is very conversational. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> when you said, you know, well, I don't know if I want to send my son to college. The first thing I'm doing is scratching my head, like, what? What is she talking about? What? What? But then you know, you, you get the notifications about the student loans. And I had to do parent loans. Now, mind you, I'm still paying off my um, loans from my doctoral program. Right. So I, I, I collapsed those loans. The kids that and I agreed that, you know, we would at least sponsor the baccalaureate degree. Well, everything that we agreed upon, just like in life, it did not come true. I absorbed those loans. And so I'm looking at them and looking at myself at age 50, like, wait a minute. I am not going to be tied to educational debt for the rest of my life. Maybe Lauren struck a chord that I need to, to, to listen to yet again. So I think that this is, this, we could talk about this all day. This is a conversation. This is a great debate, but I think it is, it is going to be one that, Learning African Americans who are in that middle income class, although you may be highly educated, terminally educated in your respective careers, you have to give consideration to because you still have to be able to provide for yourself a certain quality of life and income in your golden years. I, I do hope I answered your question, but this one was very personal for me. Oh, you did. In case you couldn't tell. Very, very personal. Because I, I am in the thick of it right now. So I, I can only tell you my truth. No, and, and I, that's why I absolutely wanted to have you on because I knew that there's so much that we could cover. And that was one of the first topics that I wanted to talk to you about because my first leadership position, as I shared with the, the crowd Saturday, was under your supervision, under your direction. And had it not been for those doors opening, I wouldn't be able to write a book like Confessions of a Melanie Queen in a chapter <laughs> stating that I may not send my kids to college. Now, like I tell people, that, that, that title is very, you know, clickbait because I wanted to capture the reader's attention. But the reality is, is that there are more than one way, there's more than one way to do college, to, to, do, both, to do post-secondary education. And um, having that experience at a community college where the community definitely has an option to come back after 40, 50 years working in a, a, a place of employment, you get laid off and then you go back to do HVAC or you go back to do plumbing. You, you, you go back to do any of those career choices. You know, we saw that. I always tell people my youngest student was 18. Welding. Mm-hmm. Well, remember welding with welding. Uh, the yeah. Ancillary Metal Company. Yeah. All of yeah. that. The yeah. steel mills and stuff when they were trying to bring those back. 
So we saw retooling and recreation of careers and uh, women and men who were where I am right now, 40s, 50 plus. Yeah. Beginning a a new career and doing well for themselves, Mm -hmm. doing very, very, very well for themselves. Excuse me. So. It, it it lends itself to another conversation that we probably need to have in terms of a panel because I'm still in, like I said, the thick of it. You know, uh, just keep us keep us in your prayers, listening audience, myself, because <laughs> dealing with a boy child is completely different than a girl. It, it's completely different, even down to college selection. So uh, just uh, pray my strength in the Lord. But I got you on that. I'm right yeah. behind you with a son, so. I know, I know, I know. Well, so let's let's talk about your work with women because you you were asked to MC and be the official host for the Melanated Queen Awards, which I actually hosted and I created that event so that I can raise capital. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the the concept. I, I appreciate you. The concept you have an official launch party for Millenator Queen Productions. And with the filming of the documentary series, I knew I needed to have a fundraiser. So I decided to have an award show because I, you know, the, the truth is I don't, I'm not one to have a party and, I, and I'm definitely not comfortable having a party just in my name. So I knew that part of the foundational, you know, the principles of my company was servant leadership. And what better way to celebrate that than to bring black women from our community who are individually doing, they're they're doing great things in their respective communities. So you were witness to that because you hosted the event. And and I just want to get your thoughts about everything that you experienced Saturday and just share with the audience, especially those who could not be there, what the Melinda Queen Awards was like for you. Oh my God. In addition to servant leadership you have a passion and a heart for social and restorative justice we those two actually you cannot mention one without the other because they both deal with people the hearts of people the best interests of people and the community you know if you're going to be a leader and a, a servant leader, you're going to deal with people. If you're talking about social justice or restorative justice, you're talking about what is fair and in the best interest of people. I, I've had time to reflect if I've suggested that you do, and to the listening audience, I, I don't know when this woman sleeps. She is a happily married woman with a, a beautiful son doing well in school, whatever, a daughter to her mother and father, a sister to her brother. I don't know when you do it. Do you hang yourself upside down by a tree, by your feet or something like that? I mean, you might even want to edit this part out because I'm trying to figure out when you do all of this. I, I started to think about, uh, of course, our own respective sorority affiliation and how women are recognized on a national, international level all the time. And then you have the links organization, you have the top ladies of dis- distinction and, you know, so many, you know, the urban league honors women, you know, the Chicago defender did used to honor women. You have so many other 
agencies and organizations. Just in Chicago alone, those may be uh, those that may be nationally, internationally affiliated, or, and those that are not, who recognize women. And then you have the Melanated Queen Award, who recognizes the ordinary Black woman for doing extraordinary things. That is what set you apart. That is what makes the Melanated Queen Award something different. That in and of itself is your key to uniqueness. Because you you took people who for many parts of their lives, based on their own biography, might have been marginalized. Folks probably would have said they never would have made it. Some have probably been written off on many, many lists. And then to have the honor to read their biography, to have the honor to read what they have done in the community, to have the honor to see these women who have dealt with bouts of depression, abuse, uh, blindness, crippling disabilities, debilitating disabilities, yet they still wake up each day by the grace of God with a commitment to do something for somebody else. And you had the vision. God placed in you the vision to celebrate these women. I... Well, you know, I am rarely without words, Laura, but they escaped me other than the fact to know that I had any part in it, to be honored to read their testimonies. It wasn't a biography. I was reading their testimony of how they had overcome, how they had defied the odds, how how that in spite of dot, dot, dot. Not only this is what they did for themselves, their families, their children, this is what they were doing for other women and for generations to come. I'm still on a high. It empowered me. It gave me the courage to get up off of some of my dreams that I've been sitting on. It lit a fire in me, it ignited me, it inspired me, it encouraged me, it changed me. It changed me and it got me more focused on my purpose and what I was supposed to do. And see, this is the stuff that people might want to edit out. What I heard from God was, now, if you could pour into this young lady and she could do this, what are you supposed to be doing, Sean? That's what it did for me. And I'm not ashamed to say it. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) No, thank you for the vision. Thank you for the vision. Thank you for the vision. And, And thank you for reminding people that little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand. It's, it's not how big of your gift but that the gift that you have, you use it. It's not the size of it, but that you use it. And what I saw, like I said, we had 
medical doctors, OBGYNs, who offer free services. How many women, particularly women of color, particularly with the research, let's talk numbers since people, some may say, all she's talking about is black women. Well, I'm, I'm looking at black women research, particularly in the city of Chicago and how we are being hit by these diseases, non-sexually transmitted diseases, cervical cancers, fibroids, uh, uterine polyps, this, that, and the other, than to have a medical doctor at a premier research institution say, I don't care if you have uh, insurance, you can have an HMO or PPO, uh, Medicaid, Medicare, no insurance at all. I will not turn you down. And this lady does research not only in Chicago as a medical doctor, OBGYN specialist, and goes back and forth to Ethiopia, what, twice a month? Yeah, she she really didn't think that she'd be able to make it to the award show because she expected to be in Ethiopia. Yeah, because she was probably going to be on another, on the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. Then we had the young uh, filmmaker who is working with Empire and Chicago Fire and uh, uh, what what other film is being uh, TV oh, show is it Chicago Blue or the, the Shy and the something shy. else mm-hmm. and and. Might be featured. She's featured at a black film festival, and maybe the next film will be a con. Yeah, you have makeup artists who are producing their own makeup line. You you got the estheticians working with chemists on skincare just for our skin, for the melanin in our skin. All of this in this room, and I get the honor. To introduce these women, I'm forever humbled and grateful. Well, you know, let's take it back to the conversation that you and I have had a couple of times that the audience may not know about. But that moment I told you that you were the first woman that I saw not only start the doctoral process, but actually complete it. Which is why, you know, I had to give you that nod in my dissertation and my acknowledgments and let and remind you of how much of influence that was. Because I remember I went, you know, as you recall, 2008, I, I met you, was working with you for a couple months. I got married, moved away. And you were talking about then going back to school. When I came back, you were halfway done. <laughs> and, and graduated, you know, and I had never seen a start to finish like that before. So, you know, I knew that, and I don't have an official team under Melanie Queen Productions, but I knew that I had to call on people who understood what I was trying to do, you know, and could relate to it and respect mm-hmm. it. And you were able to contribute because you are a Melanated Queen. So, you know, it was- Oh, only, thank you. Of course. It was, it was only, it only made sense to bring you on. It, it, it you know, it, it didn't really take me long to figure that out. I knew I needed an MC. And I just sat there for a moment, and, I, and that's when I texted you. <laughs> and I said, would you be the official host for the Melanie the Queen Awards? And I was happy that you accepted, because it, it wouldn't have been... And I was finding, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can, you, got, you got that right. I sure will. Absolutely. Honored to do it. There was black... But I will tell you, Lauren, I had no idea it would be that <laughs> spectacular. I mean, I knew it would be nice. I really, really did. And I say this from the compliments of the bottom of my heart. It, it, that event changed me. And it changed me because I saw it change women. And I also saw what women were really, really doing. 
you know, just the chick you see at the grocery store in the Walmart. You have no idea what this sister is doing. Mm-hmm. And when, when, and also when you see somebody, you see another sister, be kind. That's right. You don't know what they had gone through. One of your honorees was legally blind, retina mm-hmm. detachment. And this chick is doing it in Bronzeville with an umbrella company with 10 or 20 other organizations working out of her space with young women and girls. That's right. This, I mean, I, I took it all in. And I could not believe it. Could not believe it. But as I told you then, and, with, and I, I thank you for the shout out to the dissertation. <laughs> but um, yeah, I might be the first, but I won't be the last. You got next. Did I not say that? You did. And and you got next and you finished. So each one teach one. It's 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 like a, a, a race, but we're not in competition. The race is ongoing. I had the baton then. When I finished, I passed mine on to you. And we all meet each other at the winner's circle. That's how this thing works. And and it's been such a pleasure because honestly, there's so much that I was able to learn from you. And then I know that I've 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 been used as an example for other young women. And I just love the experience that we had that day. You think about the, the mother who signed to her daughter. I those are things we did not expect. Oh my God. Uh Cybers. Yes, yes, I should I see, I see yeah, my yeah. sister. I see I see you if you listen, sister. I see you with the beat face with the blue eye shadow and the gold. I see you. I see you. Yes. It was a beautiful. I know who you're talking about. She signed to her daughter. Yeah, because people don't realize melanated queens speak many languages. That's right. She did. Her her daughter, you know, broke out in tears. Whatever she said to her was very special, you know, and it it was love. And and there was so much. There was so much that we saw. And so considering all of that, your work is not done. You have a number of things that you are working on, Dr. Sean. You, you have Sister Girl Productions. I have uh, okay. Sister Girl Productions, SLG Consulting, and my 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 baby that got put on my heart, the Designer Bed Medical Tote Project. Now, where do you want me to start? Well, we can start wherever you see fit because again your hands are in different places so uh i remember reading your blogs and being very much encouraged by your stories what what are some of the things that you plan to do with sister girl productions well sister girl productions uh uh limited liability company is the umbrella company which underneath houses slg consulting and the designer bag medical tote project now, under Sister Girl Productions, um, as you well know, I have been and should be releasing. I'm not going to give the date just yet because that's all going to depend on just publishing. But summer 2019, Sister Girl, Let Your Light Shine, uh, an African-American woman's story of spiritual, emotional, physical mental and financial well-being as told by Dr. Sean Elgoland. So that is the book that I shall be launching soon, releasing soon. We'll be selling on Amazon, God willing and the creek don't rise. And um, that's just sharing 
uh, my story in its splendor and glory, but also a struggle. Because you, no test, no testimony, no, no cross, no crown. You know, been there, done that. Um, and like they say now, wrote the book about it. So under that, uh, SLG Consulting, what I do is work with other nonprofits, other programs. You know, my heart belongs to TRIO because TRIO works. That We'll go into that another time. But um, grant consulting, grant writing, and other areas where I see a need or an identified need for services to low-income, first-generation, disabled, and students of and, and women and people of that lesser than category and also with that the designer bag medical tote project is working with women and girls who have the need to carry a medical tote with them daily for ongoing um sometimes even palliative palliative care illnesses it's something where women get the opportunity to carry something pretty for ongoing and long-term medical care. So I get donated bags from women, and literally when I say they have come from coast to coast all over the country. I don't have any from out of the country just yet, but I do have a Sarah in Cairo, Egypt, so I'm waiting for her to send me something. Okay, shout out to you, Cece, Ciola, you know I'm talking to you. But anyway, um, I, I work with girls and women on creating beautiful bags and wraps for things like um, to carry oxygen tanks, medical records, contain biohazardous products, incontinence products, um, prostheses, wigs, scarves, blankets, medications, uh, anything that you might want to carry. But you know, so often we attach beauty to women. And when you're sick, let's just be real, Dr. Lawrence, you, you don't feel beautiful. Right. But when you got appointments going to dialysis three times a week, sometimes just that little slice of lip gloss or that nicely shiny bag that all of, all of the nurses compliment and all the other um, patients say, oh, that's so nice, that's so sharp or whatever. Where'd you get that? Can be that one thing that just gives you that boost in your self-esteem that you need. I make no profit from this. Everything from the upstart, as you know, has been out of pocket. And you know this personally because I called you <laughs> asking for some advice as to how to get this really off the ground and official with the EIN and, and all that, the IRS or whatever. So it's come through. Once the website and everything is up, because it's being constructed as we speak, I will share that information and provide with Melanated Queen Productions. But um, this is something God really put on my heart. Now, in terms of SLG Consulting, again, I am available to speak at women's conferences, women's workshops, Title IX training, EEO training, um, staff development training, um, curriculum development policy, definitely grant writing, foundation development, that kind of stuff. Um, and also, everything is not about the dollar for me. Talking to those families who were like my parents, 
who didn't finish high school but yet wanted more for their children working with community agencies working with churches working with non-for-profit organizations whatever information that the good lord has given me if i can help somebody along the way my living has not been in vain that is what i'm here for so all of that is under sister girl productions but look out the book is coming it will tell my story and it will let you know why I am more than qualified to say what I say and do what I do. I got a story to tell and it is worth listening to. I absolutely cannot wait to get my hands on that book. I cannot wait. Thank you. Yes, I cannot wait. And and I would like to It's not it ain't glamorous, Dr. Lauren. I'm here to tell you it's not glamorous. It ain't glamorous at all. I, I can not. imagine. I can imagine. I, mm-hmm. I I know it's not, but 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 it's raw and authentic, you know, and and that's what what people are looking for. You know, we we want to hear a story that we can relate to, you know, because a lot of times we think we're the only one, you know, um, or that we're alone in certain circumstances. Well, it's going to be honest and um, transparent. The truth. You know, and also I one one of my sorrows, shout out to my sorrow Lonnie. She said this to me many, many years ago. People see your glory, but they don't know your story. Mm-hmm. They really don't. Behind every uh every um strip eyelash and stroke of the eyeshadow and tinsel the in brow, honey, it, there's been a tear to go with it. But I will say this. I would not trade anything for my journey. And because of the grace of God, I'm here. And I'm here for a reason. And that reason, going back to Saturday, what those women, some of those women have experienced, it, I, don't, I couldn't even begin to try to think about living their life. So how dare I not share my experience? How dare I not share what God has brought me through? How dare I not share my testimony to his goodness and his greatness and his love and his grace and his mercy? That is what we are called to do. His truth is our light that shines within us. That's what draws people to the Melanated Queen Award because they saw the light and love of God in you. You provided an environment where they could tell their story. You continue to do so. It reminded me so much of Trio Days, that office that we had back there. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, how- that was a whole different sacred place in the whole college. It did. Like people were able to bring their kids there you know mm-hmm. and when they when, when women and students didn't have you know a babysitter for their children they knew their babysitter yeah they can go and I, I was told that you know wait Fran brought their senior citizen parents okay and wheelchair remember <laughs> they did we they had did. a daycare and a senior citizen's care all at the same time <laughs> so did. students could get their work done and graduate yes we did and that was always important for me because i knew that you know, it, it, I know what I would want if I was in a situation. And sometimes you just need somebody mm-hmm. just to give you an opportunity and have a space just for you. 
And so it just continues on. It just looks a little different, you know, but it continues on. And I, I know that I'm going to continue to work towards that because you're encouraging me <laughs> to continue. There are times when I get tired and I want to stop, but you know, this, this all has encouraged me to continue as well. Well, the race was never given to the swift nor the strong, right? But to the one that endures until the end. You, like I told you back in the days, you got an assignment to do. You know, no was never an acceptable answer for me. I know. So knowing that this is your time, and you have been anointed to do this work, there are, no is still not an acceptable answer for me. No, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. you have a calling on your life. It is divine, it is uncompromising, and there is nothing a human being in the world can do about it. And I love you for it, and I thank you for it, because you reignited the fire in me to continue to make a difference in the lives of our women and girls. And I thank you, and I love you for it. I love you too, Dr. (laughs) Sean. I'm excited about the Melanated King Awards. Oh, yes, 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 yes. As soon as our information becomes available, let me know. Is there a limit on the number of kings we can nominate? You know, we you and I have to sit down and kind of brainstorm that because this, I'll be honest with you, with the Melanated Queen Awards, because my mindset was, at, it was so small at the time. I was thinking small. I This was my first event. And so I originally planned to honor five women. And then I said 10. And lo and behold, we had 22. <laughs> so 22. 22 women. And wait, I, and wait, wait, wait. And also one of the honorees was not there because she was doing a TED Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Thank you very much. Yes, that now, is. Now, uh, if your calendar requires that you're doing a TED Talk and you can't make it, we're going to let you just go ahead and still save you a T-shirt for the family reunion picnic. That's mm-hmm. right. That TED Talk, that's big time. Ashley Kirkwood, she's an attorney. She's a dynamic young attorney. Uh, Ashley Kirkwood, she is, uh, she's an expert in trademarking. So we, we all need to uh, uh, tear a page out of her book. And she's offering training for that. She offers an opportunity for people to learn how to do their own um, filing for their trademarks for their business. And so Ashley's dynamic. And yes, she is also a paid speaker. In fact, she has workshops where she teaches people how to make money from speaking engagements. And she is doing exceptionally well. She worked for the largest law firm in the country. And she decided to walk away from nearly a $300,000 salary to start her own business, her own mobile council. So, you know, shout out to Ashley Kirkwood. She is uh, amazing. And so, hey, Ashley. Yeah, she was doing a TED Talk that day. And so, you know, we missed her, but I was very happy for her as well. And maybe we might uh, be able to just just give a notable mention or whatever. But uh, again, yeah. Dr. Lauren, you, you inspire me. Like I said, you have uh, reignited uh, a passion that was never gone, but a, a fire that had, Damned a little bit, but my focus and what I was sent here to do has never left my mind since Saturday. 
It it hasn't. I mean, it was one thing to be able, of course, you know, people know, or maybe they don't. Behind the scenes, I get the the portfolio, the notebook of the women. I get to peruse. I get to make little corrections or whatever, whatever. You know, slight editing, you know, subject, verb, agreement, whatever. And just get a real kind of, hmm, a surface feel for these people. But the energy in the room was unbelievable. And there, I have been to many an event. I have been the honoree and have spoken and honored others. I've been a guest in many audiences. But to date in my life, that is the premier event that I've ever experienced because I saw women truly from them walking from their seat at the table into their crowning as a queen. I saw a metamorphosis. Many may not ever understand that, but I saw women who, again, had been relegated to some, not all, a lesser class of, or like I said, you won't be this, or you won't be that, or, you know, we even had women who talked about size issues. Remember that? They talked about color and hue and being told they were unattractive because they were too dark or too too fat or too heavy or too tall or too short, or you ain't going to never have nobody because you did, so you ain't going to never be nothing because of that. And look at the lives that they have changed. Follow a fool, listen to a fool, become a fool. Follow a queen, walk in royalty, and take your seat on the throne. That's all I got to say about that. Wow. It was a day I will never forget in my life. Well, I hope you are down for the ride because we have several more to go. (laughs) i am down for the ride click click i just buckled up and you already know i don't even like roller coasters so i'm riding with you dr lauren i'm right i'm wait i'm riding with jesus and i'm riding with you so there you go october 19 2019 melanated king awards and god willing every april uh spring we'll have the melanated queen awards and we'll just make this an annual thing I'm excited. I want people to be able to um, to find you. How can they find you on social media? Do you have any links that you want to share? Right now, okay, my website for the Sister Girl Productions is being created as we so speak. So right now, you can find me on LinkedIn at Dr. Sean L. Govan. Um, S-H-A-W-N-L-G-O-V-A-N. And also Facebook, where I post just snapshots and encouraging information and and little bitty stuff is not uh where you would find my business information but if you want to follow me on facebook i'm at dr sean l Gohan. until further notice i will be branching out by the end of the week for the designer bag project but like i said by the end of the month with the graphic designer everything we already we i've already forwarded over copy and um, also, we will be needing some footage from the Melanated Queen Awards and some still photos, uh, 
so you can share those with me or whatever to add on to the website too. So more is coming. And if I have to do a follow-up just to just let folks know where I'm going to be or where they can find me, that's fine. But I am on LinkedIn, Dr. Sean L. Govan, and Facebook, Dr. Sean L. Govan. S-H-A-W-N-L-G-O-V-A-N. And is there anything? Oh, and Sean, Sean L. Govan at gmail.com. Okay. It's the email address. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, also my um, blog, which will kind of give you an insight as to some of the writings in the book, Sister Girl Chronicles at WordPress.com. Okay. Is there mm-hmm. anything you want to share with the audience? Any words of encouragement? Any any parting advice? Anything? Yeah. Don't get caught up in this whole concept of your best life. Mm. You don't. You really don't know what your best life is. You know, I am a a, a Christian. I am a follower of the Word of God. I believe in Jesus. And he says, your latter days in his word shall be better than your former days. So I cannot accept nor believe this is my best life. It's only getting greater. So don't judge yourself by the images of media, by what you think other folks have. God still looks at the heart of men and women. Your work here is not done. Everything, every gift and talent that he has given you should be used for his purpose. That's when you live in your best life. When you don't even care, really, what happens to you because you're so busy focused on making life better for somebody else. That's when you live in your best life. Not how many trips to Europe or to Dubai or how many Maseratis or Tesla trucks or Louis Vuitton luggage sets or what? No, I mean, that's that's a good life. Don't get me wrong. It is. That's a nice life. But if the best you can do is material, I promise you when you die, we ain't going to list none of that in your obituary. Mm-hmm. It, won't be, it won't be found. Yet. But what you did to change the lives of other people and generations to come. Oh, yes, ma'am. That is what we will be talking about for generations and generations. So strive for your best life. You ain't reached it yet. You've yet to achieve it. And if you have, good for you. Your best life wasn't your best. Thank you so much. I receive that myself. We get caught up in some of these days. <laughs> <cliches. laughs> yeah, we do. We do. That's a song. That ain't your best line. Mm-hmm. Well, well, other people can tell you how you changed their life. Your best life engaged on what you did for yourself. Your best life is how you change the life of somebody and their seed and their seed seed. The people who live best lives change generation awesome Whew. that's deep but thank you <laughs> thank you for sharing that and, and you're welcome I, I have to add that you know as you see dr sean is a phenomenal speaker so you know uh, to uh my 
prayer warriors and the mothers of the church, you know, if, if, if you need somebody, this is the woman to speak. She will pour into you. Dr. Thank Shonda. you. And thank you for coming on again. I, I, I really appreciate you. Yes, I'm looking forward to, you know, in the near future, especially at the, around the time that your book launches, that we bring you back on and that we have a conversation about that. And then we offer some giveaways for you as well so that, you know, our listening audience. Yes. Yeah. So you, we, we look I would love it. Yeah. So mark your calendars, hopefully sometime this summer. But again, you know, we're not going to rush anything. Whenever you're ready and it's available, we are here. And you definitely always have an open invitation to the podcast anytime. I thank you. I thank you so much. I do. And, and God bless you and the Melanated Queens and the Melanated Kings. And if there is a king out there listening, don't get jealous because <laughs> I'm emceeing for the kings. I will share the mic. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> if there's a worthy king <laughs> who wants to share the mic with me, I will not be greedy and hold the mic. I'll share it with you, but just I'm going to let you know you got a tough act to follow. So if you're ready for it, come on now. Yes, you do. And the truth I'm, is, I'm here for it. I'm believe, here for it. Yeah. I believe our kings will love to be honored by their queens and to be, you know, respected and spoke over you know the way the way you did for our women i believe our brothers will like that it's not that they don't want to hear from their their, their fellow brothers though, but i think it is something special about a black woman giving praise and and saluting our brothers so i think that we're on the right path as far. i don't have a problem with that i do not i have already marked my calendar for october 19th all right okay well until next time family we will talk to you soon you guys take care Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the Confessions of a Melanated Queen podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us five stars and a review. I appreciate all of your love and support. I look forward to chatting with you next week.